You're listening to audio provided by Valleydale Church. To find more resources or to donate to this ministry, please check out valleydale.org. Valleydale. Uh, I am Josh Wilkes. I am the college and young adult pastor here, and it has been an honor being here. Uh, I've only been here since May, so I just want to thank you, first of all, for just accepting me and my family. I think they're going to put them up. Oh, yeah, they're right there. It's my beautiful wife, Kathy. Uh, she's a second grade teacher at uh, Trustwell Elementary, and um, she's holding our newest chapel. That was on um, parent dedication, you know, child dedication a couple, couple weeks back, and uh, that's my little rascal, Roman. He is three. And that is my teenager right there, Livingston. Um, she's five. Uh, and um, she, she's amazing. They're great family. But, man, it has been such a joy being a part of Valleydale. Man, we, our kids have enjoyed it. My wife and I have enjoyed it. Man, this is an incredible, incredible church. And we are very blessed um, to be here. So thank you guys for accepting us. Um, and what a joy it is to be under faithful teaching of God's word every single week. Let's continue to pray for Pastor Mag and Ms. Debbie as they're on their sabbatical. Can we yeah, give them a hand? Praise the Lord for them. Amen. What an honor it is to be uh, in the pulpit and to preach God's word to you today. And you know, you're probably thinking, what in the world is this right here? Well, this right here is uh, dirty water. Dirty water, there's no chance that I'm drinking this today. All right, no chance. But um, did you know, though, that there are still 700 million people in our world today that do not have clean water? They drink from something that looks like this every day. And one million of them die a year because of disease that simply could be fixed with clean water. 700 million. And today we're going to be talking about living water. We have drinking water. We have clean water that we have access to every day. It's refreshing. We wash our clothes with clean water. We mop our dirty floors with clean water. But knowing that 700 million don't have clean water, doesn't that make you appreciate the water we drink a little bit more? Amen. But did you also know that there are 4.6 billion people who are unreached and do not have living water? 4.6, that's almost 60% of our population. But if we're not careful, when we talk about a topic like this morning, salvation, we can treat it like our drinking water. Drink from the wells of salvation with joy and not let it be in our heart. Not let it make an impact on our life. Just treat it like hmm, just something we have access to all the time. But my prayer for us this morning is Paul's prayer of Ephesians 3. 
He says that you being rooted, I pray that you being rooted and firmly established in love will be able to comprehend with all the saints the length and width, the height of God's love and to know Christ's love that surpasses all knowledge so that you may be full of the fullness of God. So open with me to John chapter four as we read this encounter with Jesus and the woman at the well. And as we read, my prayer is that you see the overwhelming love of Christ in salvation. Let's read. Starting in verse three. Jesus left Judea and went again to Galilee. He had to travel through Samaria. So he had came to a town of Samaria called Sychar near the property that Jacob had given his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there and Jesus worn out from his journey, sat down at the well and it was about noon. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Give me a drink, Jesus said to her because his disciples had gone into the town to buy food. How is it that you, a Jew, ask for me a drink or ask of me a drink? A Samaritan woman. For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. First thing I want you to notice an overwhelming desire. Jesus had an overwhelming desire to reach this woman right here at this well in Samaria. Notice the destination with me, it's Samaria. So naturally, if you, were, if you were traveling from Judea to Galilee, naturally you would go through Samaria. However, Samaria was an, this was not the common route. Most Jews, if not all Jews, would travel around Samaria, why? Because Samaria, was according to the Jews, a despicable place. This woman said, hey, why are you giving me this water? Asking me of a drink, why are you even talking to me? Because Jews have nothing to do with Samaritans. They hated each other. They hated each other. Matter of fact, there were some rabbis of their time that would teach that if you were to eat the food or drink after a Samaritan, that it would make you ceremonial unclean and you would not be able to worship. Like they despised each other. Yet Jesus is, is said right here that Jesus had to travel through Samaria. Jesus had an overwhelming desire to meet this woman at this well. He had to travel through Samaria because there was a woman there who was lost in her sin and needed not just physical water, but living water. The destination, Jesus was willing and it was God's will for him to go through Samaria to this despicable place. Not only was we see that in the destination, his overwhelming desire for her, but we also see it in his thirst. Jesus says, give me a drink. But notice right after it says, give me a drink, it says that because his, his disciples went into the city to get food. Well, if you look back later in this chapter, or later in this chapter, at like verses 30, through 32, it says the disciples have this food now. They've gotten back to Jesus and they're like, 
Jesus, eat, eat this food. And Jesus says to them, hey, well, I'm not, I don't need that. My food, right there in verse 34, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. My food is, you, I have food that you don't know about. Jesus didn't just thirst for water. Jesus thirsted for this woman's soul. Jesus went to this despicable place because he had a longing to reach this woman and, 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 and satisfy her soul with living water. And you know that Jesus has an overwhelming desire for you. Where is it that you first met Jesus? Maybe it's right now. Maybe you haven't given your life to Jesus. And right now in this instant, you're ready to encounter Jesus and receive this living water. But Jesus went to an even more despicable place for you. Jesus went to the most despicable place for you. That's his overwhelming desire for you. Jesus went to the cross for you. The most despicable place you can ever think of, Jesus went to the cross intentionally. It was, he had to go to the cross so that you could have this living water. You know that the only place in scripture we read where Jesus thirst is at the cross. Go with me to John 19. <clears throat> in John's gospel, the only place is profound here. After, in verse 28, it says, after this, when Jesus knew that everything was now finished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, he said, I'm thirsty. The other gospels say, don't have that in there, but they say that right after Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? They put up the, the sour wine for him to drink. He was thirsty. Jesus thirsted. He went to the most despicable place and he thirsted so that you wouldn't have to. He thirsted so that you may be satisfied. He went to that despicable place so that you wouldn't have to spend your entire life in that despicable place called hell. He carried your sins upon himself and he was cut off from Christ, bearing your sin, and he thirsted so that you could stand in the presence of God and have eternal life. Does the overwhelming desire, knowing the overwhelming love of God, does it compel you to take this gospel to other people? Are you going to uncommon places with the gospel? He has an overwhelming desire for you. Picking back up in verse 10, Jesus answered and says, if you knew the gift, if you knew the gift of God and who is saying to you, give me a drink, you would ask him and he would give you living water. Sir, said the woman, you don't even have a bucket and the well is deep. So where do you get this living water? You aren't greater than our father Jacob, are you? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and livestock. And Jesus said, everything, everyone who drinks from the water will get thirsty again. But whoever drinks from the water that I give will never get thirsty again. In fact, the water that I give him will become a well of water springing up in him for eternal life. Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty 
and come here to draw water. There's an overwhelming gift. We see the overwhelming love of Christ and salvation by this overwhelming gift. And that gift is Jesus. That gift is Jesus. You know, see, this woman had a response that a lot of us can have too. She's like, how do I, how do I, get, how do I get this gift? You know, it's hard to receive gifts sometimes. Do you have anybody that struggles with receiving gifts? You know, a lot of times we like to earn, especially here in America, we earn for what we get, right? This woman's like, you don't even have a bucket to draw this water and it's deep. We like to earn things. Oh, I worked for this. But a lot of times we can treat salvation like that. I deserve this salvation. I'm really not that bad of a person. I mean, I come to church, I do this, I grind, I try my best to be a good person. You can't earn salvation, it's a gift. You can't earn this living water, it's a gift. She said, I'm the gift, I give you this living water. Not only that, she didn't even realize that she really needed it at first. She's like, Jesus, are you greater than Jacob? Don't you see that we have this well? This is an incredible gift. This is, the, this is our living. Like this water is the way we make our living. Do we really need, do you really have something greater than this? Man, a lot of people, man, you're pretty content in, your, in life. You're pretty happy the way you're going. You feel pretty good. You can even maybe even go to church at times and worship with believers and you can play the game. Like I'm a believer, but have you surrendered your life to Jesus and receiving, received this gift of living water. This gift is living water. He says, if you receive this gift, you'll never thirst. If you're pursuing other things in life, they will not satisfy you. If you're pursuing just whatever it is, whether it's wealth, whether it's satisfaction, whether it's joy and happiness, anything else other than Christ Jesus, it will leave you dry. He says, this is living water. But if you receive this gift, not earn it, but if you receive it with, with faith, it'll be like a, a well springing up in you. He'll give you righteousness. He'll give you the ability to overcome temptation and walk in his spirit. He'll give you, when you're, when you're anxious in life and when you're, when you're going through hard times, you can have faith in Christ and you, can, and you can never thirst because you have eternal salvation in heaven. Tribulations may come, trials may vary, but you will never thirst. When I think of living water, I think of, I think of whitewater rapids. Have you ever been whitewater rafting? Oh, it's a blast. Before doing this, I was a, a, youth, a youth pastor years ago. We would take uh, students out whitewater rafting to the Ocoee River. And it was so fun. We'd, we'd get our, our jackets, our little life jackets, our helmets, our, our whatever, was it an oar or whatever it's called, little paddles. And you'd get introduced to your um, river guide and he'd take you up on this bus all the way to the top of the river rapids. So you're, in the top, you're at the top of these river rapids, but before you get in those river rapids, you're in this like shallow kind of like practice area almost. Like you could see and hear the river rapids below you and you're just sitting over here and just experiencing the nice calm waters and you're working together as a team, learning what moves to make and practicing with each other. And that part's real fun. It's a little intimidating about to get in the, those river rapids because they can be dangerous. So we're all ready. We've learned our cheers and our everything. We're about to get in and we had one student say, 
Josh, I'm out. I'm out. Can't do it. I just can't do it. And he, I was like, oh, come on, man. It's fine. You're fine. But he was in middle school. He's like, I'm out of here. So he got back on the bus and he was going to meet us all the way back down to the bottom of the river. So we get in and we have a good time. We had a few people fall out, but they were saved. They got back in. They were fine. We had fun going down the river. We hit some hard challenges, but we made it through and we get to the bottom. And that student comes back out into the, the, the lower section. He's like, Joe, have a good time. We're like, man, it was so fun. I wish you would have came with us. I was like, man, why didn't you come? Why didn't you get in with us? I said, well, Josh, I enjoyed being by the river. I enjoyed being on y'all's team and rowing and I enjoyed it. But I just couldn't trust that river God with my life. I was like, man, aren't some of us like that today? We want all the blessings of salvation without the surrender. But we have to come to this gift of Christ Jesus and receive it in faith. Maybe you're one in the room, man. You've been, you've been really close to this living water and you've been coming to church and enjoying being with the community and you've been watching others live their life for faith and, and, and it, it looks awesome and you want everything, all the blessings of being a Christian, but when it comes to surrendering your life to Jesus and receiving this gift of salvation, today's the day you just need to dive in. Plunge into these living waters. Receive this overwhelming gift. Oh, the overwhelming love of Christ in salvation. Give me this gift so I don't have to thirst anymore or come here to draw water. Then Jesus says to her, go call your husband. Go call your husband and come back here. You have correctly said, I don't have a husband, Jesus said. Or she said, I don't have a husband. Yeah, you've correctly said that. You don't have a husband. For you have had five husbands, and the man that you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. Sir, I see that you're a prophet. Our father worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews, you say the place of worship is in Jerusalem. Believe me, woman. An hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know because salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. Yes, the Father wants such people to worship him God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. And when he comes, he will explain everything to us. And Jesus said, I, I, the one that's speaking to you in this despicable place, I am him. I am he. The last thing we see is an overwhelming 
invitation. You know, at first glance, when you read this, go call your husband. E. Doesn't look too charming, does it? Doesn't look too nice. You know, and it's hard for us as a society to really be called out on our sin, right? But notice what Jesus says. He says, go find your husband. The thing that you've been, go find the thing that you've been pursuing in life, the thing that you've been valuing in life and finding meaning in life, pursuing for, for meaning, for status, for pleasure, whatever it is, go find it and bring it to me. Come back. He didn't say, woman, go fix your life. And when you get it under control, you can come back. He said, go acknowledge your sin and bring it to me. Jesus is calling her to repentance. It's not about the worship. It's not about the place of worship. It's about your heart. Where's your heart? He says, go address your sin. Go acknowledge your sin and bring it to me. Like Hebrews 12 says, it says, if you want to run this race, he goes, Lay aside every weight and sin that clings to you and look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. For the joy that was set before him endured the cross and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. You know, sometimes it's easy to just brush off our sin. It's easy to just play the church card. It's easy to get caught up in the worship, get caught up in Whatever it is, and just keep neglecting our sin. That's oh, not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Changing the subject, changing the subject. But notice God's grace here. He knows your heart, and He's calling you to acknowledge your sin and bring it to Him so He can change your heart. He loves you. He's not, He's not, a, He's not shunning you. He's not telling you to fix your life and come back. He's saying, right now in your sin, come to me. Bring me your sin. Bring me your sin. Because I went to that cross and I bore your sin. Why did he call her to call it to him? Because he said, the hour is coming and the hour is now. So if you bring me your sin, if you acknowledge your sin, there's an hour and, a, and here soon, I'm going to that cross with your sin upon my shoulders and I'm gonna die in your place. I'm gonna take the sins of the world upon my back and I'm gonna experience the wrath of God towards sin so that you may have eternal life in me. He was wanting to have a spiritual exchange here. Give me your sin so that you can have my righteousness. It's not about the worship. It's about your heart. You will worship me in spirit and truth. And then when, the, when he reveals himself as the Messiah to her, she has faith and her heart is changed. It's like 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Wouldn't the Bible say it? And Paul say, therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God. Everything is from God who was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, but giving them the ministry of reconciliation. We are ambassadors for Christ. 
God making his appeal through you, we implore you to be reconciled to God. For God made him, Jesus, this gift to be sin so that in him, or he made him who knew no sin to be sin so that we might have the righteousness of God. Now, I've always stopped there. But read, it starts, and you go over to verse six, chapter six, it continues on. It says, working together with him, we also appeal to you. Don't receive the grace of God in vain. Don't receive the grace of God in vain. In an acceptable time, I listened to you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. See, now is that time. Now is the day of salvation. Right now. Now's the hour. The hour Christ came to die on the cross, it's, it's happened. Christ won, he's victorious in heaven. But your hour to receive his grace, to receive this overwhelming love of Christ and salvation is right now. If you've never given your life to Jesus, I am calling you, I'm inviting you. Christ is inviting you to take this living water. If you're a believer in the room, the gospel is urgent. We have to take this to uncommon places and live our life on mission. Some of you, whether you know it or not, I'm not gonna do it, but you are drinking, you're drinking unclean water. The things you're pursuing in life, you think that is giving you life. You think that it's giving you joy. This is what you know. This is what you're pursuing. This is what you're drinking in. And you don't know this, but you're dying. It is killing you. The things of this world are killing you. You're dying in your sin. Today's the day to trade it in for living water. May you come and drink up this living water and receive eternal life. Just Kirkwood plays this, our last song. I wanna invite you. Today's your invitation. How will you respond to the overwhelming love of Christ in salvation? Do you know that he desires you? It doesn't matter your past. It doesn't matter your sin. He longs for you. He thirsts for your soul. This gift is for you. He invites you. So as we close, if you're a believer, maybe you need to come at the altar and just pray. Say, God, I've been neglecting. I've been taking your grace in vain. I need to take your gospel to uncommon places. Maybe you need to come plead with a loved one's soul. Say, God, save this person. Or maybe you need to come talk to me or one of our other pastors. Say, Josh, today I'm ready. I'm ready to surrender my life to Jesus for the first time and receive this living water. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to this recording from Valleydale Church. To find more or to connect with us about what you just heard, 
check us out at valleydale.org.